everyone, it's uh, Down With Bound, Walter Bound. So, yeah, uh, grunge look, that's my new look, 1991, Eddie Vedder. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> talking to you today about how to use the world that you live in as material to deepen your writing, whether it's narrative writing, descriptive writing, these tips will also help with persuasive writing, believe it or not, and also expository. It's just learning how to be concrete and specific with your writing. And if you take these tips, I can guarantee you your writing will just take off. Okay, so many of you are writing a literary narrative. Okay, so if you had to describe your bedroom, okay, and this is my study, this is where, this is the command center, this is where I am now, all right, um, what would you say is my emphasis in this room? Well, I have famous American authors lining my walls that I created from, like, you know, uh, I didn't buy these things, I made them from a hobby store. I have William Blake, a famous uh, British poet, Herman Melville, uh, Never Never Give Up, Winston Churchill, his famous speech against the Nazis. I got my uh, boom mic there. I have, um, so, color schemes, you know, so, yeah, this is a person who loves history, loves American lit, likes doing some, you know, technical things. Um, but you can say my room is f filled with lots of posters and, you know, and I have a computer. Well, that doesn't do justice, all right? I could describe the type of desk, all right, from Ikea. The boom mic, okay? The the red velvety chair. I don't think that's velvet. Let me see what, I'm not sure. What, I would have to ask my wife what kind of fabric this is. It's because the uh, the chair was getting all like ratty, and she decided to. Uh, I said, "Hey, hon, uh, can you fix this?" And she did. She made some slip covers. It looks great. Okay, so when I I hear I I hear have two different bookcases, both bookcases. One's in my study. One is downstairs in the living room. Um, and you could say my bookcase is loaded with books. Okay, that doesn't tell us anything. Take a book. All right. So for instance. I could take this book on Washington, the one I read on Grant, right? So there's lots of details here. You can list titles. Uh, what was your, what was the book that you last read? And what does your books tell you? These books tell me, well, Mr. Bound is really into his uh, history and not just history, but American history. 1776, John Quincy Adams, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, The Soul of America, Stranger in the White House, um, President Obama, right? So these types of books tell me a lot. And in my other bookcase up here, you know, about American literature. And it's also about, you know, it's not just any old bookshelf. I mean, these are nice bookshelves and the color of it, mahogany, cherry, that kind of thing. All right. Also, uh, where do you read? All right, you could say, well, I like to read, you know, in the daytime. Okay, here's where I like to read. All right, here is a chair, all right, um, that teak wood, you know, um, and, of course, the flowers, and, you know, I have sight here, but there's sound. You don't hear it, but there are birds, there are lawnmowers, perhaps, uh, leaf blowers, there's all different types of sounds happening. Um, so 
you use sensory imagery to capture that, the feel of the grass on your feet if you're reading barefoot. Here's another place. I grade papers. This is where I eat breakfast. This is where I eat lunch. Um, sometimes my wife and I have a romantic dinner here, but sometimes I just come here and read. Sometimes I bring a cushion for the seat. But, you know, what type of flowers are those? Just don't say they're pink flowers. Find out exactly the type of flowers. You know, what purple flower is blooming back there in a pond that you can't see? Well, that's kind of, that's a garlic, um, a garlic plant. It's, it's always blooming. It's amazing. It's in my rhododendron garden. Um, but you see the weeds growing in between the cracks. They're like actually little flowers that are blooming that have taken seed. But that's a metaphor, right? For as nice as it looks, maintaining uh, maintaining the look is very, very difficult. And nature eventually takes over. If I'm a gardener and I know that. Okay, here's an example of a metaphor that you could use. Here's a birdhouse. And sometimes your lives might feel like this. Like you're just overburdened, right? This bird and this this family, I mean, these were finches. And I think there were three broods of, of birds that came this summer from this one birdhouse. I have like 10 or 11 birdhouses. But they just, you know, they just needed more room. Um, this is their extension, right? But it's a metaphor for what your life could feel like. I'm just overburdened with work. I need more room. All right, so for me, when I look at this birdhouse, I'm eventually going to clear this out. I probably should do it this weekend. Um, here's another example from my garden. Again, these are all metaphors. So this is my life. Look around, take pictures of your life. These, I just took out some of my tomato plants that are done. These two tomatoes were not eaten. I might salvage them and try to uh, get them red on my counter. Um, but I'm taking apart. So, oh, two tomatoes that were left... Uh, you know, maybe I'll leave these for the animals. Maybe I'll try to resurrect them. Um, but it's a metaphor. What could that metaphor be? All right, again, um, some things are not always, you can't eat everything. You have to pick and decide. There's an opportunity cost, right? Not everything can be consumed. Consume what you can, um, and then donate what you can. I'm, I'm not sure, you know. Okay, here's another uh, image. It didn't turn out too well. Uh, this is uh, one of my ponds. There's some goldfish in there. I didn't realize the reflection of the trees there in the back. Um, actually, that, that they're my lilacs. And so what would I want to concentrate in this picture? Would it be the goldfish? Would it be the rocks? Would it be the algae? And again, nature claiming everything. Would it be the... Um, my fountain that you see there on the left that's not on right now but when it's on it looks very lovely um, and then I worry about the goldfish in the winter so I have an icer that keeps the water warm um, this is from a walk this morning I took I love this tree it's my neighbor's tree the leaves are amazing so I could say I took a walk and their leaves were fallen or I can be a poet and be like Walt Whitman or Emily Dickinson I forget which one said that but I'm like I'm walking on, you know, graves. You know, these are graves. These are, these things lived and now they're dead. And I think both poets actually use, the, the fallen leaf is the metaphor of metaphors. It's the archetype of archetype. But this is one of my highlights of my morning. Just walking through these leaves, looking at the colors that are still vibrant, 
that will now be next year's soil. So I see leaves and I collect leaves and compost. They're just soil for next year and they feed all of my worms. So whenever I see leaves, I see, I see new life. But that's me, right? And I can all mix this with my writing and how I became a writer, right? Um, nothing is wasted. And here's my buddy. I call him Witty. I don't know how he found my ponds, but he did. My brother is an uh, ecologist, and he says, "How did a how did a green frog get in your yard? Where's the nearest water?" I'm like, "Well, the Cooper River, uh, one of the tributaries." But I see him every single day, right? And I talk to him. I know it's kind of weird. He stayed in that position for an hour. I saw him, went to get my camera, did some other stuff, came back, and then he was there. I'm like, it's just talk about the contemplation and the mindfulness. And it reminds me to take time for peace, right? So ground your writing in your life. If your writing cannot reveal you and what you write can apply to everyone, like, oh, I like taking walks and I have lots of books and I read Harry Potter, then it's not specific to you, right? So I would suggest taking pictures of what you're writing about and then look at the picture and think in dimensions, think in senses, think in sounds, think in texture and taste and all that stuff. And I guarantee you, your writing will improve dramatically. All right, everyone, take care. Happy writing out there.